not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. Hello and welcome to the large group, the official podcast of the module youth program. And uh, so I am your host for this podcast, Gary McComiskey, and joining me for this podcast is Diana Roach. Hi, Gary. Megan McComiskey, who's muted. Hello. <laughs> Mary Levins. Hello. And the inimitable Tommy Levins. Hello, all. Hello. And it has been a while, indeed. It has been almost three years since our last episode of this podcast. <laughs> wow, we, we are so back. on it. We are you would so think we don't it. speak to each other. Wow. <laughs> you would think. Oh but, but here we are. Let it mm. never be said that we are quitters. We just take our time. Yes, that's right, Gary. I like it. I like it. And in fact, this episode of Large Group is uh, somewhat new in that in addition to the podcast feed where you may be listening to this podcast, you also have the option of watching it on our YouTube channel. Yes, in fact, you can see all of our beautiful faces staring back at you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Oh, I should have fixed my hair. I forgot about that part. In addition, in addition <laughs> to this podcast, you may also discover that there is a plethora of new content that has been added to our YouTube channel. So if you have a hankering for old coffee houses, or if you want to revisit some old retreats, or see some of our anniversary videos, or anything like that, Go, uh, go browse over to our YouTube channel. And if you're feeling generous, give us a subscribe. You might be happy that you did. I hope you would be, but you know, I don't want to speak for you. Hmm. So, uh, so, so that's what's new with the large group as a, as a podcast. Now, uh, before I get into the podcast proper, there is one very important piece of business that I want to address. And that is since last we spoke, as uh, you are likely aware, if you are a member of the module community, we lost a giant in our family, uh, the patriarch of our program, Joe Roach, passed tragically. Um, and we all miss him very much. So, I just wanted to take a moment here at the beginning of the podcast to acknowledge that and um, I guess just put out there that if, if you are feeling the loss of Joe and, and we are feeling the loss of Joe very much, um, I guess we can all take solace in the fact that this is the program that he built and the reason that we are all here for this is thanks to the work of, of many people, but, but him uh, as much as anyone. So uh, thank you, Joe. We, we miss you and we will try to carry on your good work as best we can. Uh, so that being said, I think we should jump right into this podcast um, because it is uh, a topic that I, I, think, I think Joe would have had something to say about because it is very specifically about Catholicism. And and uh, Catholicism viewed through the lens of the pandemic, which we are all living through and have been for the last year. So uh, COVID, 
we we are we are all viewing this uh, viewing our faith, viewing our world. Uh, we we are viewing every way in which we experience our lives through the lens of COVID. So we wanted to talk a little bit about how we as Catholics are kind of dealing with the pandemic and, and how the pandemic has affected our faith and, and our, our, our interactions with the church uh, as Catholics. So I, I guess the first thing that I wanna talk about and, and maybe as a member of the module community, the thing that might be on your mind is uh, wondering how the module is doing, what, what we are doing in these times, how we are operating. So I, I think I want to uh, kind of throw that over to our administrative rectors, Tommy and Diana. So if you guys wouldn't mind giving the good people out there an update on the current status of the module during, during this, during all of this. Sure. Uh... We're still around. We're still doing stuff. We've, we've 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 done a lot of zooms. We've actually had virtual <laughs> events, right, Tommy? Since the beginning, we the first one we had, I think, was at the end of May last year. Was that right? We had one for the seniors oh. at the end of May, twenty twenty. Um, I think that was the first one that we had, and we've done quite a few. I I don't even know. I mean, and we are just having a decent group of kids that keep coming, and we're doing one every month, and um. We're running them similar to days, but not exactly. And Tommy's getting really good at breaking us out into rooms and having small group discussions and then coming back to the large group. It's been, you know, we're, we're very adaptable. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we could change and pivot, as they say in the marketing world, the way we have. Be adaptable, pivot, you know, figure it out. But I think that, yeah, Tommy's been doing a great job. He's, he's, he's a Zoom king. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I did not envision us doing when we started, e even with uh, other ministries that I'm involved in. You know, somebody, uh, a few people came to me and said, why aren't you doing stuff over Zoom? And I said, we can't do the stuff over Zoom. And then had to really figure it out. And our team has been amazing. We've, we're, we're doing exactly everything we were doing before, except being in the same room together. So we're having our planning meetings we're discussing new topics. We created new days. Uh, we've done new activities and icebreakers and group discussions through breakout rooms. And I think we've really kept the pace together. We've kept the kids together. And I still think we're delivering the message that we always, we've always wanted to do. And the team has been amazing and creative. I mean, that's really, if anything, this whole thing is, has challenged us to be creative more than ever before. And I think the great thing about it is, you know, just thinking about the planning meetings we've had, there's very little disagreement. I think we've kind of brought things together. People have brought, brought ideas and we've been able to incorporate them and work together. So I think we've done amazing work keeping the module alive and just keeping the message out there. And as always, as long as kids show up, we'll have the module. And the teens are showing up. So I think we're really, we're doing, we're doing a great job during this time. Well, how have the numbers been, Tom? The, uh, have the kids been comparable? The numbers been comparable to what we had before? Have they been less? Have there been more? Yeah. I mean, certainly I think most people know, uh, I, I shouldn't say that because people who are joining our podcast maybe don't know that, but in the days, our early days of the module, 
the, the numbers of 40 to 60 are no longer around. We haven't had those numbers in the MYP probably maybe the last 15 years. So I think we've been pretty consistent with the number of kids, which is always, it could, you know, there was a time when we would have less than 10 and run an event. And I think the events that we've been doing over Zoom have averaged at least 10 to 12 kids, maybe up to 15. So um, I think the numbers have been great. I mean, certainly the work that we're putting in is paying off. And I think kids are responding and showing up and they're still open to doing the things that we throw out at them and ask them to, to, uh, to do. Okay, great. Uh, that's that, you know, I am curious, actually, this is a little tidbit that, uh, that most people may not be aware of. I actually stepped away from the program for a year for, uh, various personal reasons. So I have, missed out on a lot of this new era of the module. So I'm as curious as anybody uh, really <laughs> to find out how the module has been faring. I've been, I've been back for a little while, but uh, I, you know, and, and I am very grateful for the work that the team has carried on in my stead. Not that I doubted you all for a minute uh, because I know everyone on this team is very committed, but I, I always, you know, feel guilty not throwing my hand in. But I am curious uh, about one thing. How have you, uh, as a team, how have you felt like uh, your ability to minister to the kids uh, during these these unusual circumstances over uh, over a video screen? How, how have you felt that you've been able to do that effectively? Have you felt like you've been able to do that as effectively as if you're in the 1v1 or 1v, you know, three or four scenario that you would normally find yourself in, in a room? That's a good question, Gary. I mean, if you were going to ask me, like, if you were going to ask me about how I'm doing in my catechesis in my seventh grade religion class via Zoom, it's a big thumbs down. Terrible. But the thing is, like, no kid comes to an MYP event and doesn't turn their camera on. They, you know, they're coming to, to, to see us, you know, some of them, it's the top of their head or whatever, but like, or they're like silly backgrounds, mm -hmm. but they want to be seen right? and they want to be heard. So that we've created the, the, the safe space that we created is virtual. It's, it's the same. I mean, you know what I mean? The small groups sometimes maybe are a little bit less intimate because you can't put your knees together and you can't lean in right <laughs> um but i think that there is and i haven't really thought about the, the difference of the the school community that they have because they all are in zoom school or remote school like a lot of them um this is a different experience and they know it's different and therefore they treat it differently like they turn their because I bet you there's some of those kids that don't turn their camera on in school in class at all. And we get to see them. And that's a big difference. And I have to think that we're doing something right, regardless if we know what we're doing or not <laughs> in this virtual space. I think that to Tommy's point, I think we are delivering the message. We're creating a community. We're gathering together. We're talking about God. We're talking about being better people. We're talking about the struggles about being Catholic. And we're talking about how we can pray and make it better. 
Well, one of the most integral parts of the module experience over the years has been the mass, the communal celebration of mass. Has that aspect been worked into the program during the, you know, dur during, during the, the thing? <laughs> I, I, keep, I, I I'm going to run out of ways to refer to COVID over the course of however long this is. So yeah. I apologize. That's okay. No, uh, I mean, we haven't had mass in, as a, you know, in the module on regular, um, with any regularity in quite a few years, just because of the, the shortage of priests. And when we have our events to get them, to keep them viable and popular, we, have transitioned to Sunday afternoons to Friday nights. And since mm -hmm. then, it's been, you know, maybe once a year we celebrate mass. We usually celebrate mass together on the retreat when we go. And probably once other time during the year, we celebrate mass together. I think we are, are try, keep trying different ways to celebrate mass together. We haven't abandoned it yet. Um, I mean, it's come up in different Zoom meetings of what we can do. Watching mass together has been an option, like things. But we also are mindful of time and when we set this up. And we weren't doing masses when we were in person because we were doing it on Friday night, we would have prayer services, you know? So right. yeah, no, we haven't. I mean, mass hasn't been back into our thing out into our events just yet. I mean, who's to say, you know, the year's not over yet. Well, I understand obviously the challenges and I'm sure the viewer slash listener understands that as well. You know, we can't, we can provide a lot of things in the module, but we can't necessarily provide a priest, uh, you know, un until a member of the clergy decides to join our team. And, and there are still two spots available. So if, if <laughs> a member of the clergy or even you yourself are interested, then, you know, we, we might be able to squeeze you in. So, uh, but, but until that does happen, we, uh, we, we can't, you know, just provide people with masks on demand because obviously there are challenges there, but we are still Catholic. So apart from the module, I imagine that we all still try to make the mass experience part of our everyday lives. So I would like to ask each of you how you have managed that. Obviously, social distancing, churches were closed for a long time. Even now that they're open again, a lot of people, myself included, are reluctant to go back under the circumstances. How have you been able to work uh, and maintain a mass experience in your lives during the things that have been going on? Well, this may not be the uh, best thing for me to jump in on because, I mean, I have to admit, you know, um, I live with my parents who are older and higher risk. So none of us have wanted to go out, certainly not to mass. I am a cantor. So once the church is reopened, even though I didn't quite expect to, you know, I, I get called to sub and I've actually gotten quite a bit of work lately Now I stay up in the choir loft. I haven't received communion in over a year since they closed, but I mean, I do, I can kind of attend mass when I get called because I'm separated. Um, but I, I haven't yet felt comfortable venturing out. I mean, I just got my first dose of the vaccine. Uh, so maybe once that process is done, I'll feel more comfortable. And to be quite frank, watch, I've tried to watch it on TV. And for me, it's just not the same. So, you know, despite the fact that previous to this, you know, I'd go every week, even on vacation, like I'd make sure it was important to me. I kind of rolled with the, like, 
dispensation. I was like, I, it wasn't the same on TV. So I kind of just felt God understood. <laughs> and I would get back to going every week in the future. So, you know, I go, if I get called to sub and I'm singing, I'll sit up in the choir loft and like attend, you know, from up there without receiving. Cause I don't go downstairs spiritual communion, I guess. Um, but other than that, I really, I actually don't like watch it on Sundays. I don't. And I think that's okay. Like, I think God understands that. Like I'm, I'm okay with my relationship with God on this. So, you know, I mean, I have been, I have not been to a Sunday mass since COVID started. I've been to, I think two funeral masses mm -hmm. and my kids who received confirmation last year, we had a mass for them. Although this year we're having confirmation uh, this weekend and there is no mass because the diocese, I, I think they don't want to put the bishops in danger or something, something very odd. So, um, you know, Megan, when you talk about the church, I mean, the church is just doing so many different things and everybody's got these different rules. You know, I, I've been watching mass every Sunday. Uh, it's taped. You know, I'm really lucky. I love my parish. I love my, the priests that are assigned to, to my parish. So they give great homilies. You know, we have a great leader of song. So for me, it feels comfortable watching it over video and experiencing it in that way. Um, I do miss Eucharist. I do miss receiving the Eucharist. Um, and I do know that God understands. I just can't bring myself to come to church and sit there with the mask on and just be, you know, as a church, I feel like we're supposed to all be together and I can't shake anybody's hand. I can't sit near anybody. I mean, to me, it seems just, um, and I know we're doing the best we can and I hope that it gets better and I, I should really Try, try to go back and, and adapt to it, but I've now become comfortable watching it on my computer screen. So, um, yeah, that's where, that's where I am with it. I'm probably the only one out of this group, I think I'm the only one that goes to Mass. You know, I actually go to church. I go to the building. Um, and um, I started to go back as soon as they said you could. I was ready and I needed to go back. Um, very much so. Um, for reasons that you mentioned, Gary, at the beginning of this, about the, the death of my father, like sure. not being, to, being able to go to church when Joe Roach died. Thanks. You know, not easy. So <clears throat> I needed to go back to church and I needed my kids to continue to go back to church and we needed mom to go back to church. Um, Irene goes to church and she came with me um, and Walter and Allison to Holy Trinity, which Tommy and I go to the same parish. I'm sorry, my cat's still playing around. So yeah, I started to go back and it is weird with masks, but we, you know, we sit together and I sit with Allison and Walter because we kind of are in a bubble together. So it's not like I, my Allison and Walter had to sit away from us. All of us sit together. Um, it is strange. There's no altar servers and anything like that. And in the beginning watching on TV, you know, Father Joe was, they, they, got on it pretty quick, but in the beginning they weren't. So I watched Father Mike's masses because he did it from whatever that guy, Mike Schultz, whatever that guy's name is. We've used him in the module Schmitz or whatever. I forget what <laughs> university he's from, but he's great. And actually I watched his mass for um, this coming, this, this past Sunday last year before Palm Sunday with Lazarus. And I, uh, 
I remember showing dad. That's like one of the last times that he watched mass or like, like whatever I had him watch the mass. Um, but yeah, it was super important for me to go back and you realize you do miss the Eucharist. It's nice to, to, to be in that community. And, and I get you, Tommy, I hear you about the mask and not being together, but you're together. You know what I mean? There's still a sense of community. It's just a different, it's just different. Um, and you're right. We are very blessed and very lucky. Father Joe's great. Father Vince is great. And this new deacon now who looks like the, um, the caricature on a pizza box. Um, he's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's what he looks like to me, but he's, he's a lovely guy. He's doing really well. Um, anyway, but, um, yeah. And I, I've been to different churches, you know, I've gone to, um, I've been to St. Luke's, I've been to, I've been to St. Mel's and to see what, how churches do it differently about communion. Like I like the way our church does it. Father Joe and the, the Eucharist ministers to deliver communion to you. Hmm. There's no procession. You don't walk up. Um, they come to you and because every other pew is empty and they walk around the whole church. And I feel like that's a real community because there's something about that that's interesting as opposed to all standing up in line and going to them. They do the work and come to you, um, which I think is interesting. But yeah, I need, I, I felt, you know, I can understand, the, I can understand the trepidation about going. Like our first time at St. Mel's, my sister and I were kind of like, this is like the Wild West. What are they doing in here? Why are she so close together? I was like, I can't believe mom's going. But that, I'm glad that, you know, mom found, you know, she's going with a good friend of hers is another woman who's a widow. Her friend Ann Mulaney picks her up and they go, you know, to Sunday mass together and she goes with her sister. So I'm glad that my mother has that, that possibility, you know, that that's a possibility for her. So that's what's been happening. When we started watching mass after COVID um, we would watch the, so our parish, our lady of the snows would like many, uh, put up their, their masses on social media, like on YouTube, for example. And it was nice because they had a seminarian there who would uh, like, he would videotape the mass and he'd get it from different angles, you know, up, he'd set the camera up close. So you had the, the, the lector, or well, it wasn't the lector, but the priest um, doing the readings and, and then the, the, the priest at the altar and then a separate shot of the priest at the lectern. And um, they, they eventually worked the cantor into it. So she would be playing the organ, uh, the organ during certain things. And, and it, was, it was a really well-produced setup. And then seminarian Alex got reassigned and nobody else knew how to do it. So there was no uh. more online mass at our lady of the snows. So we wound up watching the stream from uh, Holy family, which is the school where my wife taught and, uh, and, and it was our parish for a time before we moved. And then um, there, there's also the mass that they show on the Catholic channel uh, on Sunday uh, WNET, I guess it is the net. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, I really miss the snows masses, not just for the production value, but also because I've found, and, and I, I don't want to make this a whole political thing, but I've found that the priests who even, even, even the younger priests, the priests who do the masses on, on those particular streams tend to be a lot more conservative in their homilies. And 
I have yelled at the television several times, <laughs> which is something I would not be likely to do in church. But in the comfort of my own home, I guess I feel a little more free to do that. Sure. So it's been a less enjoyable experience for me. Not that we don't still do it, but I found it difficult to kind of reintegrate with the mass in, in the same way as when we were going regularly. Yeah. You should try Holy Trinity. You won't get, you won't yell. You father Vincent's and they, and Michael does a great job editing it. Mm -hmm. He does do a different, like okay. the cutaways. Listen, it's better than, it's better than St. Mel's, which is just streaming from the back of the church. He's, he's put up some like funny pictures of, you know, like classic artwork in the middle. You'll somebody will say, Jesus, and he'll pull up a picture of Jesus. Like, I don't know. It's, it cracks me up every once in a while. I mean, but it's, it but it's, it's better than just a full on stream, which yeah, a lot of the yeah, churches sure. do, which is just like in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. And it's not at the back, you know, the back of the church. So it gets the mm -hmm. beautiful breath of the church. But then you're like, it's, there's nothing's happening. So if you want Holy Trinity, it's usually he does the five o'clock mass and it's up by Sunday morning. I will take that note. Thank you. Uh, and so. You know, one one important thing, Diana, that, that you mentioned is the sense of community, the reason why you need to be in the church. And, you know, obviously the community is the church, the, you know, the, the, the church, not the building, the Catholic congregation of believers. Um, so, you know, the pandemic has made it difficult not just to feel that sense of community with your fellow worshipers, but I think just, just people in general. So, and, and in light of the somewhat uh, divided political climate that the pandemic has kind of wrought or, or deepened in our country, you know, it's, it's, it's also, I think, made it somewhat more challenging at times to, interact with people who may feel differently than you do about certain things. So I, uh, I ask all of you, how have you found uh, your interactions to be with other people during this pandemic? Have you found it more difficult to uh, approach people as a Catholic if they disagree with you? Have you, even, even if people do agree with you, have you found it more difficult to connect with other people? Have you found ways to make that work uh, with, you know, distancing and, and not being able to share the same physical space that you might have previously. How have your interactions been over the last year? I, it's a great, it's a, a great question, Gary. You know, with, with me, and I certainly have, you know, beliefs in one direction than the other. And <laughs> it's funny that this whole, this last year with the pandemic and having, you know, not seeing people physically. So a lot of conversations are over the phone. And I guess people, you know, particularly in my family are, you know, enraged in ways that I don't feel or see or understand, you know, mm -hmm. with the political environment as it is or as it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of keep going back to the, uh, the old trick I always play in my head with everything is I've got to be Christ to people. Like, how can I be the best sign or the best example of Christ? Uh, and a lot of that is keep my mouth shut. You know, keep my mouth shut, smile, <laughs> and say, you know, that it's great that, that, you know, I don't think I ever said it was great. I think I said, well, you feel that, that way and kind of 
back out of the conversation a little bit. But I think overall, with um, with COVID, it's been really there's there's been some real gifts in it, and there's been some real difficulty. So, the political environment that's one thing. You know, the fact that you know we're playing a murder mystery party with my entire family, mm. where we're characters and you know, doing this whole thing. We would never do that if there wasn't a pandemic. We would be on a video call with each other, but we're all coming together and doing that, or even on the holidays where everybody's just crowding around, uh, you know, the living room couch, getting chairs and bringing us together. You know, that's been really memorable and rich. Like, those are the things I hope that I, that, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but those are the things that I hope to take away from remembering what social interactions have been during this time. And I haven't been somebody who's really sat at home a lot too. I've gone out, I've gone out to restaurants, I've gone on vacation. You know, I've done, I recently I was on an airplane. So it's not like there are things that I've said, oh, I'm going to live in a bubble. Um, again, you know, the, I'm fortunate in many ways because my family is vaccinated and, you know, and I, and I've had COVID. So it's, it's kind of, you know, we've almost gotten the, uh, the protective shield that we're able to do that kind of stuff. But it has been, you know, the interactions with people, and I'd, ha I'd have to think about it, um, especially during this time, I guess I learned a lot about people, things about people that I didn't really know. And maybe that's a good thing, or maybe that's a bad thing, I don't know. I, you know, I find that I'm praying for people more than I had in the past because I've learned things about them during the pandemic <laughs> that I wouldn't have learned if, if we didn't have that. So that's that's a long answer for me. Okay, Mary, uh, you have kind of a unique perspective on this podcast because you are a lot younger than the rest of us. So your social interactions, I think, just in general, are going to be somewhat different from the way the rest of us have kind of come to interact with other people over the course of our lives. So how have you been finding it um, keeping in touch with other people and, and staying, you know, friendly and, and staying connected with other people during all this? Um, yeah. In the beginning of the pandemic, it was challenging because I used to see my, especially with my friends, I used to see them all the time at school mm -hmm. and then <clears throat> when they tell you you have to quarantine for so long you're just put at home and you don't see anybody for days but it wasn't as challenging because with this generation you have facetime and you have your phones so you're able to talk to them and still see their face i mean yes it is a different experience than actually being able to interact with them in person and you know touching them or hugging them or whatever um but it was uh, definitely an experience for me because it was hard for me not to see the people that I care about every day. But then now as the pandemic um, went on, you know, you were, had to do social distancing, you wore masks. I was able to go see my friends and hang out with them a little bit more. We just followed the guidelines, but it's nice, you know, seeing them now and being able to actually interact with them again. But it's definitely not the same as when it was before the pandemic. But yeah, it's been challenging, but it's also been an experience that I wouldn't take away because it's brought me closer to them. I've learned more about them 
during this pandemic. And yeah. Okay, great. Meg, Diana. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Um, you know, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Um, especially because I do it all day for work, you know, not all day, but, you know, from my probably, you know, I, I'm in meetings the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. So that takes up my time. And, you know, we, I've done a lot of, you know, Zoom virtual happy hours and stuff like that. And that's fun. And uh, one of the kids on this, um, one of the kids in the, the NYP introduces to Kahoot over Christmas. And I actually made a Kahoot for me and my girlfriends, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually really easy. If you ever want to do it, just, you can make up your own Kahoot. It's tons of fun. If you want to do like personal trivia about your own friend, like it's just so silly. Yeah. My Um, daughter would do a lot of those in virtual school. Uh, her teachers would, would do, they would have, you know, especially if it was like a kind of a, a, like in the lead up to Christmas, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. I did a Christmas Kahoot for my, um, for my, my zoom religion class so that that's tons of fun um and that that you have fun and listen i miss warmer weather i'm really looking forward to warmer weather so we can socialize outside because i am still while i do go to restaurants and stuff mm-hmm. a lot of my close friends are still um hesitant to be inside a closed building so we would have to socialize outside so i'm looking forward to that um mm-hmm. you know i haven't been to my office in over a year working remotely like most of mm. like the rest of y'all. Um, and a big part of that job is socialization. And I, I miss my work people very much, you know, seeing them physically. I mean, I've seen some people, but it's only my closest people that I've seen, you know, I'm looking forward to the Levin's Loja opening um, in the spring, mm-hmm. late spring, early summer. Cause that's, that's nice place to spend your time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's weird and staying connected. I mean, it, you do, I think your question was about staying connected to people and feeling community. I mean, you have to make it work because otherwise, and here's the thing, like the, the, the friendship side, you got are most important to you are the ones that you're going to, you know, that you're going to work on the hardest, you know, and everybody else kind of gives you a pass. Like, well, if I haven't really talked and they understand, like we haven't seen each other, somebody I see once a year, well, I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to like go out of my way and, do a zoom with them, but I will do it with, you know, like those kinds of things. You start to make those decisions, you know, I've got to be honest. I'm not a hugely social creature by nature, but one thing that I I've really, especially of late come to discover that I miss quite a lot is being able to hug people. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've spent, uh, one over, (laughs) over the last year, I've spent one like social visit with a friend, uh, outside back during the summer when the weather was nicer and one of my, one of my closest friends in the whole world. And it was nice being able to see him, but I wasn't able to give him a hug. And, you know, it, it, it felt like just, there was something big, something missing. And I, you know, I feel that way with my family. I feel, you know, I, if we were able to do a module event and we were able to have a mass, that would be the saddest sign of peace in the history of the module. (laughs) I can't imagine doing that. Like it's, uh, yeah, I I just, I, I, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me how important just that little bit of contact actually is. 
Yeah, I agree. It's weird. It's weird. You know, I haven't, I see Dina, but I haven't really hugged her. Mm. You know, I mean, I've seen, I like, you know, I mean, I, I hug my sister and I hug my mother, but that, I see them all the time. You know, that they're, you know, my children and my husband, obviously mm-hmm. we live together, right. but I'm with you, Gary. It is, you know, you know, I saw, I had, you know, I had this experience with another, a colleague, um, a friend, not only a colleague, but a friend of mine's dad passed away over the summer. And um, I went to the wake and I walked in. It was the first time that some people had seen me in person and we're all wearing masks. And my very good friend, Eric Friedman, like looks at me in these like over and I can just see, and I'm like, took like, like, don't do anything else. I got you. Mm-hmm. I can't, we can't hug each other. This is so weird. And that was like that, 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 you know, then at that point I'm like, F this, 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 I just, this, you know, you get so mad at being this whole thing. And that's one of those times where you get really pissed off about it when you can't do that. Well, I mean, yeah, it is easy to get mad about this whole thing. It's, it's, uh, and that's actually a, a good lead in to the next topic because I think for a lot of people, COVID has really tested their faith. I mean, there is, you know, what do you say to somebody who says, like, <laughs> what kind of God would allow a disease that has killed millions of people worldwide? Like, I, and, and so I'm not saying I'm sitting there making that argument, but I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand either. So I put it to all of you. How has your faith been tested or possibly even strengthened during all of this? I mean, where, where are you in your faith right now? You know, so for me, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, you guys know I'm just somebody that doesn't really sit still a lot. I'm always kind of keeping busy doing something in some way. And with the pandemic, you know, the module has been on the easier side because there's, there's so many of us that are great worker bees you know, I don't have to carry anything. It's like, we all do this together and, it, and it's understood that we're going to do stuff together and get it done. And if somebody can't do it, then somebody else picks it up. You know, my other stuff that I do with, um, you know, with St. Paul's and stuff, this has been really a, a big motivator for me because that community, you know, here we have kids and then that community is, is the opposite where it's just much older people that are really isolating from the world and not getting out at all and not seeing their families. So, you know, this whole Zoom thing, you know, I have like three or four Zoom meetings, you know, at night a week and I'm on, on video all day working as well too. But I'm, always, I'm looking at it, like I'm even looking to do more with that. I keep saying to you know, the board I work, you know, I work with in the community, what can we do more to, to get the message out because people need it. And there's been so many experiences that I've had over the last few months with people and hearing them share and give witness and personal stories. And these are people that are just so broken because this stupid virus has kept them isolated from the world and they're not able to connect. But over video, they got a chance to see people's faces and they're hearing people talk about their faith. So that's been really, you know, really uplifting. And I kind of been feeling like, I don't know when we're going to get back to a normal. So what, what more can we do to kind of keep it, to keep it alive and keep it going? How do we, how do we keep, you know, this faith together and how do we get through it together? So 
you know, that's been really a big motivator for me. So I feel like my faith has been strengthened probably because I keep, I'm keeping very busy with it, probably more busy because I'm being actively busy about it and not taking it, I don't want to say take it for granted, but it, it's not being handed to, to me as easily. I feel like I'm, I'm working a little harder now. And that's been really rewarding. Megan? Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like my faith itself hasn't necessarily changed. I mean, I know like tons of bad things, but you know, things, bad things happen all the time. Like, I don't know that I sit there and say rage against like what kind of God would let this happen because I mean, God loves us, but also, you know, we understand this, the world just kind of goes on. Like it's not, he doesn't control everything. I mean, you know, obviously he has the power to do anything, but also we have free will and things happen and nature is nature. Like these, these are cycles. It's not the first pandemic the world's gone through. It's not, you know, so I guess even when bad things happen, I don't necessarily rage or like, or wonder, like, I mean, there's a why, like why does bad things happen to good people and, and good things happen to bad people? Like that's just the way of it. And I'm, that's a more existential thing, but I don't think this pandemic has necessarily affected me in that way that I'm angrier at that. I mean, I look around and I, I look at, and again, not to get political, but some people who say they're quite faithful or they're quite, you know, Christian and God loving. And, and yet they also don't want to do simple things to help protect other people. Like that it frustrates me. Um, but that's, that kind of thing's always frustrated me. Um, so I don't know that that's, um, and, and while going to church, I always felt that was like my time with God. I, even though I haven't really been going, I, I do miss communion. Like it's weird. Cause I go to mass, like, and sometimes I'll do it all three masses several weeks in a row. It's, it's happened. The other cancer is just something's gone and I've been covering all the masses and I'm up there, but it's in that way, it is a different experience. Like I'm used to being on the altar facing people and kind of engaging. Like when I'm a cancer, I'm leading song i mean a leader of song and and i'm looking at people and and now i'm just kind of no i'm facing everyone's facing away and i'm just kind of singing and no one's really encouraged to sing along because you know we're not supposed to be singing i sing with my mask on you know it's, it's very separate and i i don't receive and it's so it's a little weird but at the same time i don't know i feel like my relationship with god is still okay um, I'm not, I mean, I'll be glad to go back to mass, um, like normally, you know, kind of just be in church and with every people, other people and receiving and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as to how I, yeah, I mean, so that's, you know, and I hope that again, the way I live my life, like the module, I can still share in the same way, you know, I try. Um, sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's, it's being isolated and not being with people, but sometimes I'm like, God, I really don't feel like this tonight. And yet when I get on, you know, by the, I'm like having a really good time and I'm engaging and then and at the end, I'm like, this is really great. You know, even if beforehand I was like, God, I really don't, I don't feel like this tonight. You know, I just, for whatever reason, but once I'm there and I'm engaging and I, you know, we have, and I'm talking with the kids and, you know, I'm like, this is really great. I'm glad I did this. So, you know, sometimes you kind of push through a little bit. And it winds up being great. But there is some of that like, oh, 
I got to force myself. And then, well, I, yeah, I think that Megan, there's a lot of that. We get, we're, we're, we're not leaving our houses. We're not socializing. Yeah. We don't have to get up. We don't have to get dressed. And it's easy to just say, forget, I'm not going to do it. But nine times out of 10, when you just push yourself and you do it, it you feel better for doing it. Right. Um, but Gary, like, I think Megan and I are similar in that. I mean, Megan and I have a lot of similar, um, I don't know, ideologies or, or beliefs. It's like the, the, we get similarly annoyed at the same things that the, 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 the hypocrisy of people. But I, you know, and I could say, I'm pretty sure that Megan doesn't ever blame God for bad stuff. That's just that the way she rolls. And that's not the way I roll. And I don't get mad at God. Like, you know, I, I, I never like, that's just not, that's just not part of my faith processes to get, I guess I get angry at God, but for other things, for other people's stupidity, for other people's lack of faith, for other, like those things, it's not necessarily a, a very pointed, like, God, you've done something wrong because God can't do anything wrong. So when you have, when you start from that place, that, that that's your baseline, <laughs> then you can't, you can't really get angry at him, get angry at people who allowed the virus to happen, allowed it to spread, were stupid enough, like those things. And so like, I guess it's like, I don't know, in that sense. So I, you know, shaking your fist at God for allowing bad things to happen. I, I, you know, I was more mad that, you know, um, my father got sick so fast. You know what I mean? I was, I was more, I, 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 I was angry about other things. So that, that, you know, and I'm mad at COVID for not allowing me to have community, to have a wake, to have a funeral. That's that I'm mad at, but that I'm not mad at God. I'm mad at the situation, you know? Um, and Tommy, I've been thinking about that too. Like, um, that dynamic Catholic that Matthew Perry, there was one of these videos that he sent a couple of days ago about it was after last Sunday, it was last Saturdays. And it was a real challenge. Like it was, you know, you know, John three sixteen, but that wasn't what, the, what he concentrated on. He concentrated on they, there was the people were in darkness and, and people choose darkness over like choose the light. And he talked about choosing the light. And that's what we're supposed to do. Right. We're supposed to keep choosing the light. And if you can't choose the light, you got to be the light. And that's what we're supposed to do. So, I mean, there's there, for some reason that resonated with me. And in this time of a lot of darkness and whatever, it's just. You could choose to be the light for yourself, for other people, for your family, for your friends, whatever. And then to Tommy's point, how, how do I bring Jesus to people? I show them light. And, and, and sometimes it's really hard, but that's, 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 that's how we do it. All right. Mary. Um, I feel that my faith has strengthened during this time because, um, I find myself, um, finding more time to, for God and praying more and, um, I mean, it's definitely been challenged in a way because, um, I am not angry. I don't get angry with God because I don't blame God for what's happened, but I just, I'm get mad at the situation and what's happening and how it's affecting me and everybody else's life. And the fact that we can't see our family and we can't see our friends. And that's what I get mad about. But I don't think, I think that um, 
God is doing, I mean, he keeps us together and I just, I've been challenged, but then I've also been strengthened because I find myself praying more and relating more with God. Okay. Well, something that strengthens me uh, always is the module community. And I am tremendously grateful for the opportunity uh, to have had this podcast, to share this podcast with all of you. So, so thank you for the stimulating conversation. And uh, on behalf of you, the viewer slash listener, uh, I, I, will, I will thank everyone here for their contributions. I would also be remiss were I not to thank one Ralph Escaros, who has always uh, been the person who has uh, allowed the module to have a presence on the internet and uh, in, in, in a large part is uh, responsible for allowing this podcast to exist in the first place. So um, thank you to Ralph for, for always helping us out with that. And uh, speaking of the module's online presence, I would like to remind you, if you may have forgotten, since it has been a while, that we do have a number of outlets online in the World Wide Web that you might find of use. I mentioned our YouTube channel earlier, and I will plug it once more. If you see this here and you enjoy it, then go ahead and click that little subscribe button that's down there. And uh, anytime we post some new module uh, material, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever scraps we manage to dig up from the archive or new stuff like this podcast, then you will be among the very first to have access to that viewing material. Uh, I would also encourage you to remember that we have a Discord, which is, um, you know, a, a, a chat app that, that people use to communicate. And, and you, the member of the module community, can be a part of that and you can open a steady dialogue with us. In fact, you can go to either Discord or you can comment below this video on YouTube. We want to know what you think of our brand new video format. We want to know what you think of our topics. We want to know if you have a specific topic that you would like to hear and see us talk about in the future. We want your feedback. It is so very valuable to us. So please do be a dear and let us know what you're thinking. Give us Give us your responses to, uh, to, to these, these questions that we're posing to you. Like in true module fashion, we want to know what you think. So please feel free to tell us about that. We have a Twitter page. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence to the contrary. We, we do have a, a Twitter account. And uh, let's, uh, I, will, I will make it a personal mission of mine to make sure that it just becomes updated more regularly. Yes, Just Diana. retweet the Pope. Doesn't he have a, doesn't Pope Francis have we a Twitter? Too. Yep. And, uh, and we also have an Instagram, which there we I go. don't know that we... Uh, have put anything on in a while, but I will also make a, a pointed effort to make sure that that changes as well. So uh, uh, all that being said, I would like very much to thank uh, all of the panelists here on this podcast, Diana, Megan, Tommy, and Mary for contributing to this conversation here. And uh, of course, thank you 
dear listener slash viewer for taking the time to to listen or watch this uh, discussion that we've had here. And uh, we, we do we do very much hope that you enjoyed it and that you will come back for more. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the reason why we are able to do this because we hope that you will get something out of it. So uh, I would say, uh, any closing thoughts here before we wrap up? Uh, happy uh, uh, Palm Sunday. I don't know what day is to say only Monday. I feel like it's already been a week and it's Monday. Well, I don't know what day um, it's going to be when this posts. But yeah, yeah okay. So happy, happy Holy Week for Palm Sunday. Yeah, okay. Happy Holy Week. And thank you, Gary, as always, for, for moderating this conversation seamlessly. Um, <laughs> beautifully going uh -huh. from one subject to the next, like a pro. Um, and Tommy for your insight, Mary for your insight and honesty, and Megan, of course, for yours as well. Um, I say you can sing in that loft choir loft without your mask on, but that's just me. <laughs> Anyone uh, else? Yes, thank you, Gary. Thanks for doing this. This is always so much fun. I encourage other people to join us. Viewers, join us for a podcast. Get on a conversation with us. Gary, we'd love to ask you these questions. We'd love your <laughs> input instead of us hearing each other say the same stuff we say to each other all the time anyway. And, um, you know, this, this is just great. And thank, thank you, Gary, for your passion for this, because it really is needed. And to see all of those YouTube postings the last two weeks is amazing how much content and how it, it's just a, a tribute to how much stuff we've done in the module. So please, I, I'm seconding, seconding Garrett, what Gary said about, taking advantage of seeing because clicking on that stuff, subscribe and just enjoy some of the stuff. There's a lot of good memories, a lot of funny stuff. Anyone else? All right. I'm, I'm getting some head shakes. So uh, I'm, I'm going to call that one a wrap. So I would say that is just about going to do it for this episode of the large group. So now I implore all of you go back to your small groups and discuss. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Bye, Gary. Thank you. You've got a friend. Um, and um, I uh, hold on a second. Sorry, time out. Okay. She just killed her cat. <laughs> no, I didn't. But she did. She did come at me. I have to kind of. I really have to get. I mean, she um, has anyway. eight more lives. So yeah, she's got eight more. Anyway, yeah. um.